podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. The Whistleblowers is back for the season by Ladbrokes. Welcome to the Whistleblowers podcast. I am Mark Smith and I'm here as ever with the wonderful Martin Gritton. Hi Mark, good to have you back. Hey, thanks man. Yeah, I was ill last week. Yeah. I told you a pretty harrowing story, didn't I, about what, what I did yeah, when I was ill. I I'm not going to repeat that. Don't. Really quite awful. Like, well, we've just, we're, we've just come off the back of really attending bad. the... Uh, <laughs> the Chelsea terrible stuff Carabao um, this, it's almost like this let's get let's get cracking because we cover the Carabao yeah good podcast actually we just finished recording it uh, lots lots got through uh, mainly how good our seats were at the Carabao Cup final yeah, yeah. Uh, and if you hear any glugging or any noise it is just Martin tucking into a new six pack of mine and yours favourite energy drink <laughs> Carabao <laughs> <laughs> bit, bit, bit of fun, a bit of fun, a bit of fun on a podcast. All right, well, we get through the Liverpool, uh, Man United, uh, Derby, but then we yeah, talk and we talk about depth. me literally missing the Forest Derby game. Yeah, the, as I speak now, a lot about derbies and probably going to be a defeat for you guys tonight. But there you go, almost certainly. All right, well, listen, guys, enjoy the podcast. And who, what comedian do we? Uh, did you have a? Oh, we call? heard from Annie McGrath. Yeah, also, um, follow us on 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 a, a Twitter uh, at Football Podcast. Yeah, and I still don't know how we got that. Twitter handle at football podcast. There's like a million of them. We didn't get it. I got it. All right. And I'm amazed how I got it. Here comes the whistleblowers. All right. Right then, I think there's only one place to start, really, uh, and that is the cup final yesterday. Carabao Cup final, Man City, Chelsea. Martin Gritton, we were there. We were there. We were there. We saw it. It was really good seats. Oh. What seats? Yeah, it was wonderful. I like genuinely. I've never had such good seats at Wembley in that weird perspective where you're almost at pitch level where it's quite annoying because you don't really have perspective on the game. But when things happen such as they did yesterday... Yeah, yeah. Well, we saw we saw probably the biggest talking point of definitely of the game, but probably of the season so far with the Kepa non-substitution. Um, and you can see that perfectly from where we were sat. We were right behind Sarri. Perfect view of the uh, entire incident. What I, was saying to you, what I was saying to you during the game was... Why are so few managers uh, deciding to sit further up in the stands like McLaren used to or Allardyce used to? Because you get a better sense of the game up there compared yeah. to where you do from where we were sat. Because as you say, you don't get a proper perspective on the game. You do appreciate the speed of everything, but you, don't, you can't really see the entire game unfold as you'd want to, like you do on TV, for example. So Def- why is that? I don't know. It's, a tradi- football's, it's definitely a tradition thing in football, isn't it? We seem to... I mean, the only time... or the first time you started to see earpieces was... Big Sam at Bolton, and he was genuinely just chatting to Sammy Lee, who was sat next to him anyway. Yeah. Or, or the physio that had run on and and just gave you know an appraisal. Exactly. Exactly. So I don't. I genuinely don't know why, but I also think that managers generally make have the same. Well, I, I think they make the right decisions on you know or the changes that they want to make and, and think are going to affect the games because when. It's when you watch a game and it's a weird substitution, you're like going, that guy's playing terrible. And then he doesn't take him off and you're like going, yeah. why can he not see what I can see? And it's, well, that's when we're talking about the perspective. Yes. But you would think that managers' decisions are based on seeing players every day and there's things that they're like, well, I'm going to take him off because I think this about him or I think for this situation that's going to happen rather than watching a game and maybe making a decision then, don't you think? I, I think there's, yeah. there's impact players you bring on, but certainly play... I think there's a bias managers end up having, and sometimes it's not always a good thing about seeing a player every day mm. and then making your mind up about them in certain ways that perhaps you know are a bit less subjective. Do you, do you think it's easier to see 
um, one-on-one battles being won and lost from from pitch side, from you know, from actual head height, if you like. I don't. Well, the weirdest thing is when the one-on-one battle is on the other side of the pitch. I mean, like, how you can can't see anything. you? Can't no. see it. No. So, like when Sterling was absolutely roasting down the the touchline in. Uh, is that the first? I'm just trying to think. Well, basically when he was on the far side of the pitch. First half. Yeah. yeah. It was hard to make out because Chelsea just seemed penned in, you know, and there was such a compressed defensive unit that, I mean, to be fair to Chelsea, I think their tactics were great yesterday and, uh, and sorry, it kind of all got... Well, we'll get onto the game in a second. Yeah. But I just wonder, this thing of having uh, your head coach or your manager sat in the stands, you see it a lot more in American sport. You know, you have whole teams of NFL coordinators and offensive and defensive yeah. coaches and stuff is this are we, are we still seeing evolution of football and evolution of coaching within football or do you think because it is a traditional thing to have your coach by the side of the pitch it'll always be that because I do I do also understand that a manager in football is someone there to be able to give instructions to the players yeah, and that, also someone it. that the players can look over and be like you know if a manager shows passion he's not doing it for the sake of it necessarily it's to show the team that more is needed or, you know, whatever. Yeah, our managers, are, uh, I think they're there to be seen to to be there with them, you know, and to talk them through it. I do agree that it is easier to look at a, a match from a perspective and say, make a decision, but you I mean, you get that in rugby, don't you, as well? Yeah, yeah, and yeah. I think I think it's, it seems easier for players to be communicated to by managers. I mean, we're still in the era where written notes are going on a pitch, which <laughs> yeah. is absurd, yeah. really, to be honest. It's yeah. like, why can't they well, just can't just make up the captain so he can hear with the... Again, you know, again well do NFL. That. NFL has, yeah. has cons between players. But, I mean, I also think there's, there's part of it. We still see football, man- football managers dress up in track suits and with the football socks. And I think there's an element of it. They still think they're playing. Yeah. And therefore, they want to be out there with the lads. They want to be on the sidelines, kicking every ball. I mean, is there any element of that? There must be. There must be. And then yeah. the rest of the guys who weren't ex-pros maybe just you know follow the herd and do what the other managers do. Well, I think it's funny when you look at Sari wearing a tracksuit and you're just like, he just, you know, comparing him and Pep, he just looks like he's shuffling around. I don't know, did Sari play? Was he a player? I mean... I don't it, think so, because he was a banker when he was 35. Yeah. So maybe he just buzzes off having a trackie on, because I would. Yeah. It's a lovely feeling. A tra- fresh trackies. It's so nice. Fresh trackie bottoms are and the he, best thing in the world. And he wears fresh trackies. I don't, I don't believe he's got fresh trackies. I think there's he, no there's no way there's brand fresh new trackies. every time. No, I don't Definitely. believe that. You saw, uh, yeah, I'd love to see what he wore for his wedding. They also, I stink of fags, don't they? With them though, yeah. players just constantly reek, so they have to give him a new one. Mm. But there you go. But I mean, I, it feels like we're missing on one of the most important things to talk about in the game. Yeah, let, let's let's get into the game itself. I mean. Uh, I agree with you when, you when you say a few minutes ago that, that Chelsea's tactics were spot on. I thought they stifled City probably better than any other team this season. They've had a few anomalous results City this season, but generally not against the top three or four teams. Yeah. And I thought Chelsea did a really, really good job on them. And I felt incredibly sorry for Sarri, um, not just because of the Kepa thing, but just generally as, as the day went on, I thought it was just a really sad state of affairs for him. It was, wasn't it? It was interesting to see... Um, 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 friend of the pod um, Miguel Delaney he was at the game covering it for the Independent and he got called out to interview Kepa individ- because he was a Spanish speaker and Chelsea almost had this concerted effort to nip it in the bud right. and say right well let's instead of shutting it down let's give access so a coordinated the- media spin coordinated story Miguel made an interesting point he said it wasn't so much contrition from him it was it was more a case of he was like, oh, just very matter-of-fact about it rather than coming out of the party line, which made him sound more right. sincere. Yeah. Um, but it is still an audacious uh, thing. What for did he say? 
Uh, well, I think he just he came out and turned down and said, "Well, no, there was no problem." He goes, um, "I wasn't injured, and I was communicating that." But clearly, that's not the case at all. And <laughs> if it is, I mean, the disrespect to Caballero even if it is. It doesn't matter, though, right? No, like, you've got to come e- off. even yeah. if it doesn't matter what the reason is or what the reason you think it is, if your number goes up and the manager's on there, not not mm. just sort of stood there passively, it lingered as well. He is. He is actively trying to get you off the pitch. For whatever reason, as a player, you've got to go. Mm. And David Luiz went over to him and had a few words. I've got mm. no idea what he was saying. None of us do. We don't know if it was, it was pro-Sari or you know, anti-Sari. Yeah. But, I mean, what does that show to the rest of the team? If that happens in your dressing room, yeah. for a start, if you're a player on the pitch, do you go over to your keeper and say, get, you've got to yeah, get yeah. off the pitch? The interesting thing was, it, at that point in the game, it looked as though Chelsea, it was like, well, they've got a chance of winning this on pens. And it almost undermined undermined that and it did undermine it eventually because it's like well a caballero it was a, there would have been a weird bit of psychology in that or not weird bit a very blatant bit of psychology the fact you know well like vanguard in the world cup right yeah but right. also yeah 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 but well, i think more the case that caballero played with all those guys and knows how they take penalties yeah, yeah and yeah, he, right. they would have practiced them a lot and then maybe you know his performances in the car you know the carlin cup for city before and there's all these kind of weird little things that made it a very tactical thing, but for Kepa not to have, I mean, it's naive for him not to have been informed before the game, and I can't believe that he wouldn't have been if that happened, but just for him to then swat it away, because if I was Caballero, I'd go and I'd put one on him after the game, absolutely. Yeah, the big kiss. But the other thing with this is that Kepa, on two occasions in the second half, and maybe second half and then maybe extra time second half, he went down with what looked like cramp. Yeah. Right. So, if you're going to pretend to have cramp, or if you do indeed have cramp, then you should expect that you might get subbed at some point. It's, you're running the risk of getting subbed if you keep going down for, for, for yep. a period of time at a time. I think he, I think he should have gone off for every single reason you can imagine. He has to, he has to go off. Yeah. And then, as a goalkeeper, where it's sort of generally a penalty shootout is is win win, isn't it? Because no one expects you to save them, but you might save them and be a hero. Well, it was completely opposite for him at this point. He put so much pressure on himself by being on the pi- on the fi- uh, pitch for that penalty yeah. shootout that when he did go and make a, a bit of a howler on the Aguero one, he's got nowhere to hide. The arrogance of youth, Mike. The arrogance of youth. Is that and all it is? Having a seventy-one million pound price tag. Well, he's not. He's not played for any anyone else in those sort of at that level. He's played, you know, for his hometown club, mm. and he's all of a sudden come out and you know he's. He, I'd be interested to see if anything comes of it because the news cycle will move on so quick because Chelsea have a game in four hours. It yes. lets them off the hook in yes. that respect. But Sarri has taken a humiliating slap in the face there, definitely. Yeah, I mean, I, I was I was sort of staggered that you saw the fourth official just suddenly do a sign with his hands. I've never seen before. Yeah. I've never seen that sign for the international sign for this substitution is no longer happening. I've, I've never <laughs> I've never seen that. It was it was bizarre. The only time you ever see that is when. A team scores while they're waiting for the sub to happen, and then the manager changes right. his mind during it. And then it's like, and at League Two level, that's always an absolute crusher because you're <laughs> relying on that appearance money to put. All oh, right, yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that's that's never a and good. That's what Caballero's thinking as well. Yeah, well, do you know what? I bet your cup final appearance money bet, would have I been massive. Yeah, 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 I think yeah. keepers get it when they're on the bench anyway. That's a yeah, uh, I, I was more surprised because at one point it looked like Sari was going to storm onto the pitch and drag him off, and I th- I was. I was convinced that that was more likely than what actually happened, which no, was I, him agree. just sort of conceding and, yeah. and sitting down and looking, and then sort of leaving the state, the, the, the doors to the tunnel, and then coming back. It's oh, funny, man. isn't it? But this is the thing. Then ultimately, we look at it and go, "Well, what are the 
what are the possible in like a flow chart of decision making you go it's got to come down to him just going I don't, can't be asked getting sacked here because Sarri's been through the mill the last couple of weeks anyway he's like well, yeah. I just keep my job yeah I mean also that he, he won't get a payout if he quits he's got to be sacked yeah it'd be, be a nice principled one to leave on but there you go it would be and I do you know I think all of this you know we, we like an underdog I think and I think that's as ridiculous as it sounds, being the manager of one of the richest clubs in the world, he has got that underdog status. And I think I really am rooting for him a lot more than I was before Sunday's yeah. Cup final. Yeah, I'm maybe. much more on, on Sarri's team now. Yeah. Uh, the game itself, let's, let's get away from the, the Kepa substitution. Um, I'm not sure what, it, what the game was like. We saw it close up. Difficult to really ascertain who had the upper hand. It seemed very, it seemed very even to me. Um, it wasn't a great game, I don't think. No. Um, to the point that I nearly left before uh, the penalties. Yes, Mark, but... Well, I- I mean, you'd been itching to go home f- from the get-go, and yeah. I, I almost understand. I don't know if you like football at all. Sometimes I hate it. I don't yeah, like that makes perfect sense. I've never watched a game in my life. I don't right. So let's the game in twenty seconds. Why didn't they play with the Jurura who go in from the start? That frees up. Yep. That frees up Hazard. Who Hazard, by the way, was excellent. Excellent, but stifled constantly yeah. and always under duress. Then City quite clearly that De Bruyne and Silva haven't connected in the same way that they did last season that needs addressing because yeah. City really, really need them coming up because City are going to go Champions League and League. Whereas Liverpool, I think, as soon as Liverpool get knocked out by Bayern, oh, that will make things... Well, no, I just think, I just don't think it was... It's not the intensity that Liverpool were focused on last year when they got to the... You know, that was their chance to win the Champions League and maybe they're like, let's get this league locked up. Yeah, interesting though. I mean, you say they're silver and De Bruyne not really clicking. Liverpool's front three not really clicking and yeah. yet they're on for record points totals. Uh, yeah, mad. Madness. Strange strange league, but an excellent league this season. I'm really, really enjoying it. Yep. Um, but I wanted to ask, have you ever left a game early and uh, really regretted it? I remember leaving Derby County two... I think we were two one up against Sheffield Wednesday about eight years ago. And we ended up no two nil up, and we ended up drawing that two all. We left in the ninety second minute, and we considered two. I <laughs> this is quite bad. I was actually it was a team I was playing for at the time, and I was an unused sub, and I wanted to go because I was going out uh, with my mates that night. Uh, so basically, he'd made me seventeenth man. So instead of going in the dressing room afterwards, because I had such a falling out with the manager, who I'd <laughs> probably rather remain unnamed yeah. for now, but um, I had such a falling out, and so I'm not going in the dressing room afterwards. Who gives a shit? Yep. So. Basically, after the game, I've I've just left the stadium, didn't check the results, went out with my mates, came back in on the Monday, and everyone was like, oh. and I literally had not looked at the, the result. I thought it was I thought we'd won two one yeah. and then drew two each. I was like, why? Well, like, you so low. Look, I mean, like, it was not that bad a result. And they were like going conceded in like the ninety fourth, and I was like, fuck. I was like, oh no, probably, yeah. I mean, you should know how your team probably is done, the team but, that you play. But you'll for. be amazed at the lengths you'll go to not know the scores and look yeah. at reports when you're not in the team because it's like I can give two fucks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's like not looking at an ex-girlfriend's Facebook profile. Yeah, or yours. I can't look at but mine. Anyway. Yeah, no, no. Sorry. Okay. Don't look at your ex messages. Um, oh, just had a missed call. Sorry. Uh, ex messages. Comes a voicemail. Um, got a voicemail. I may as well put it on. Um, this is Annie McGrath, Arsenal fan and stand-up comedian. Uh, Let's see what she's got to say. This is the Vodafone voicemail service for... The Whistleblowers. Please leave a message after the tone. When you finish recording, please hang up or press the hash key for more options. Hello, Mark. Sorry for the voicemail. I thought my dad was the only person who left voicemails, but your podcast format requires it of me, so here I am. Um, It was a glorious weekend for football. 
the sun was out, thanks to good old global warming. The football was out. Spurs lost. What a weekend. 2-0 to the Arsenal. 2-0 to the Arsenal. Should have been 3-0, really, but uh, Lacazette fucked it after that beautiful cross from Kalazniak. We looked good, I thought. Um, defensively, still a couple of dicey moments, but... Generally a good performance. I think Unai Emery should be happy with that. I hope he went home, had a nice celebratory Capri Sun. Uh, what else happened today? Liverpool Man U, a tasty nil-nil. More injuries in the first half than saving Private Ryan. Nothing much to report from that. Uh, then what of the cup final? Chelsea Man City. I didn't watch it. I went life-drawing because we can't always watch clothed men running around. Sometimes we've got to watch stationary naked women and draw them. So that's my take on the weekend. But I heard it went to penalties, which is pretty exciting. Um, I guess I'll watch some clips on the internet. Anyway, hope you're well, Mark. Uh, Love to the wife and baby. And I'm not talking about your co-hosts. Bye. Oh, nice to hear from Annie. Good old Annie with her, uh, yeah. her voicemail. She's at that. She's at the life drawing time of her life. Oh, it happens to us all, doesn't it? Yeah, that it come really to us soon. does. Yeah, it will come to us soon. Uh, that's Annie McGrath. She is doing shows um, at McCuntleth Comedy Festival, at Glasgow Comedy Festival, and Edinburgh Comedy Festival. You can get all her dates at uh, AnnieMcGrath.com. Uh, do check that out. We've got a break now, though, Grits. Yep. What are we going to do during the break? Just drink some Caribou. <laughs> Cheers. The Whistleblowers is back for the season by Ladbrokes. Welcome back to the Whistleblowers podcast. I'm Mark Smith, and here is Martin Gritton. Hello. Martin, you're rubbing your eyes a lot. What's, what's wrong? I'm allergic to everything at the minute. And Martin, just... t- tell me where you were. Tell the listeners where you were directly before this podcast. I uh, was working down a disused tube. Yep. Uh, and then I've just been kind of, you know, moseyed my way, walked my way all the way to King's Cross. What did you do between the two bits, though, between those two just things? Enjoyed, just enjoyed a lovely long Am stroll. I going to have to say what you did? No, because you can't say what I did, so okay, it's fine. I it's, it. it was just, it was just a good bit of soul searching. Um, but yeah, and I'm allergic to everything at the minute, so I'm taking so many, so many antihistamines, and I don't think you're supposed to take ten one a days all in one day. <laughs> no, so no. I don't think it's just drying me out. I uh, I rely heavily on antihistamines when I'm back at my parents' house. Yeah, they got cats. You're allergic to them. If those are the parents, yeah. If I uh, if I go unchecked in that house, I'll just sort of start. A face was yeah. swelling up and like I'm beating up. I can up. see it. That was a bit no hell. Have one of these. Um, Thanks, man. Uh, yeah. So what we <laughs> lost track. Um, what I wanted to say was uh, it is currently twenty past eight on uh, Monday night. Uh, I'm here in the recording studio with uh, producer Leon and Martin Gritton. That's you, Martin. Yeah. Uh, which means I'm missing the Derby Forest game. Uh, now I'm a Derby County supporter. This is. In a lot of people's view, the biggest game of the season, Forest away. Yeah, it's massive. Massive, yeah. Massive. And yeah, I don't. Derby's brilliant, brilliant I'm derby. Delighted to not, to not be watching it. Mm. I absolutely hate the derbies. I spend all day just feeling nervous yeah. and anxious, and like I'm on the sort of precipice of shitting my pants. There's so much riding on them. It's horrible. And then horrible. The actual, even like when Celtic got beat by Rangers recently, um, 
it was almost a relief that it was over. I yeah, was like, absolutely. It doesn't, it doesn't matter that much. And then it's almost like the only thing that can really make it hurt is if you react to people goading you. If you don't react, then there's they, no real... There you get frustrated. Yeah, there's no victory in it. And that, I mean, Celtic Rangers has been like that. We've been battering them for so long that it was almost like, well, you have to have that one, so, you know. Yeah, but I suppose the, the, Forest, the Forest Derby derby is because they are so evenly matched and yeah. have been for the last few years there is a lot on it and it is it is just I just don't enjoy it and I think most fans would probably say or maybe I'm wrong but I think most fans would probably say you know what let's just call it one each per season you have three points with, or let's call both of them a draw or whatever and let's yeah. just get, get over it and get on with it and yeah. so I don't feel bad for missing it but it made me wonder like what, what big games have you missed because of other commitments this is my biggest commitment, Martin. I is live in like, the studio but, now. This what is games what I do. Physically, what do you mean? I think like, games. What, yeah, I, I don't think games that you played in because I, I imagine that that that, or maybe not. Well, that no, always had to take more interest. Like some of the games, I didn't. Like I always used to think the games, uh, the derby matches. So obviously coming out in non-league football and then turning pro. So when I played for Plymouth, there was that. Oh, it's a, it's a massive derby. And playing it was just just a horrible. Like, and the tackles were flying in. It is that kind of weird atmosphere. But then you get used to them. So yeah. by the end of my career, I was playing against. I think when I went to Chesterfield, I played for Mansfield before, and I was like, "Well, oh, it's Chesterfield Mansfield." And I was like, "Going, is that, is that a derby?" I was like, I should know after playing for both teams <laughs> that this is a derby. Right. But I was like, every game's a fucking derby. And I just get yeah. to the point where, like, oh, Grimsby Lincoln? Or is it Grimsby Hull? Or, yeah, but Boston's in Lincolnshire, so that's technically... Are we Lincolnshire? Are we not? Yeah. yeah, we're North East Lincolnshire. Okay, so maybe... Well, but Notts County, well, we got bad blood. But there's always... It's that weird one, what, it's Brighton Palace. It's that ridiculous that? game. That thing? It's nonsense. But then at the same time, Derby Leeds is a big one. But I suppose that is a historical game. It's like, yeah, I would call yeah. it a derby, though. Yeah. What's well, Man U Liverpool? Right. It's, not, yeah. it's like, you know... And what, weird, that's probably the biggest game in the entire calendar. Yeah, so... I. I, the one thing with my old man's the same. My old man won't watch Celtic Rangers because he finds it too stressful. And really? he goes, "Yeah," and and it literally it will change his moods. For I mean, I think he's questioned his religion on the back of it before. So I mean, how can God exist if he lets Rangers win? And <laughs> I've probably got more important things to do. So sorry if you're listening, Dad, but um, she's quite a you know. Maybe one. I know. Rip. I know what he means though. There is sort of a crushing almost. Like there's been a death in the family. That's what it feels like when it when it goes badly wrong. And I, I'm just you know I want to wash my hands of it and just say yeah, just share the points every year. But at the same time, it's still the game I look out for first thing when the release fixture release comes out. It's, and yeah, I'm happy to not be watching it. I, I on my on my wedding day, we we got married on a Friday because I obviously don't want to miss any games. <laughs> and then they rescheduled uh, Chelsea Liverpool for the Friday night. And so, Which has nothing to do with you, but yeah, nothing to do with me. Still. But it's still a big game, <laughs> and it's, it's, it was early Your September, so it's like wife. this exciting part of the season, right? When everyone's got high hopes and stuff. And Alfie Brown is a comedian and big Liverpool fan. He was at my wedding, and uh, we ended up going to the sort of the little bar room next to the function mm. room, and he got thrown out for calling a guy a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like his posh Wentworth Golf Club, like a posh wow. members club. No bitches there. No bitches there. And I remember Jordan Henderson. Scoring that screamer at Stamford Bridge mm. that season, but anyway, that's the, that's my anecdote of uh, missing a game. For I mean, specifically, I specifically booked my wedding to not miss any games, and the FA go and absolutely fuck me. Mate, it's yeah, well, it's it's one of those ones. I, I find derby matches could become so frequent. I, like, I'd literally just got I got I sold from Grimsby to Lincoln, and within a week that we had a derby match, and we 
were 5-0 up against halftime against my old teammates, right? And it was so embarrassing that Russell Slade did the halftime team talk on the pitch. You know when they do that? Oh, that's like... Uh, but it, who was that? Phil... Phil Brown or something. Phil Brown, like that. yeah. yeah it's yeah. Hum- the humiliation. But the funny thing was, I wasn't playing in the game. I was on the bench because the Lincoln manager was like, it's a, it's a bit of a needle match for you, so I'll put you on the bench. So I took great pleasure in being able to warm up next to the lads while they were getting this lecture on a flip board. So I went, fuck it, I'll just go and do some keepy ups next to them. And they were just looking at me going, not now. Yeah. please not now and I'm like oh, fuck it if Russell Slade is <laughs> stupid enough to do this on the pitch Great. I was away as well so I was at Lincoln so the Grimsby fans must just be going jeez this is really embarrassing I mean five it was a proper doing as well um, was yeah, it as was... embarrassing as you being able to do three kick-ups <laughs> yeah no, I mean <laughs> <laughs> didn't last long you only got through like half an instruction oh, God, mate. yeah um, talking of derbies grand. talking of derbies we have just had the United Liverpool one. We touched mm. upon it a second yeah, yeah, yeah. ago. Uh, we watched that game in the uh, where did we watch it in the salubrious surroundings of just a concourse at Wembley Stadium. Enjoy it. <laughs> Nothing I like more than a game on a concourse. <laughs> really lovely. Uh, I, th- I thought the game tiny. was strange. I felt like Liverpool um, certainly second half were toothless largely. They haven't really clicked at all this season. No, and, was... and United with all those injuries, you just think just. Caution to the wind, yeah. overload them and, and just beat United. I don't want to go over the same ground that everyone's probably knows yeah, that. To, yeah. but, the, but the point being that Klopp, uh, he's got some he's got some decisions to make and some strange things like not shaking Henderson's hand. That was, yeah, what was that? Was that a thing? I don't know if that is or isn't. But it'd be weird for him. The one thing Klopp has is this kind of unity and you know with the players and there's like a togetherness. I don't know if the the Champions League thing is, is... We'll see what happens after those games because I think that's when it will really come into focus because see how stretched they are. But they really aren't firing at all. And and credit to Solskjaer. I do love, I do love the fact that it just seems to... It just seems to get stuff out of games that, um, that perhaps not, people aren't expecting him to at the minute. Yeah, I think so. I think that half-time team talk was probably the biggest litmus test so far this season. I mean, he's yeah. had three players go off injured against... You know, even if they're not clicking, still one of the best mm. teams, if not the best team in the league, and uh, he's got something out of it. And actually, probably could have won that game. Mm. You know, if it's not Chris Smalling at the end there, it's probably you know you, you might have won nil. Um, but yeah, there's 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 a lot of positivity around United, but that can only take you so far. You still need you still need to have those players to back you up. And with yep. all these injuries now and a very congested fixture list, you do wonder will the wheels come off. But you know, let's not be negative. They've been great so far. Let's, yeah. let's hope they can make it continue. Yeah, I, well, it's, it's it's interesting, isn't it? I mean, there's going to be some there's some more twists and turns. As I said, I think the the, the Champions League stuff's going to be pivotal. But um, you know, I don't. I, I think United are kind of done on that front. That's for sure. Yeah, I think so. Well, we've got the Premier League coming back within 48 hours, which will kind of put the weekend stories to bed already. I mean, yep. that'll be interesting for us to speak about next week. Yeah, I mean, it feels like this is the business end of the season now, and mm. and every few days there's some massive talking point. And like you say, the Kepa thing will be a distant memory by the weekend. It will, or perhaps something. Or perhaps, perhaps not. Perhaps Maybe not. do it again. Yeah, this why is, not? This is what he does now every yeah, game. Yeah, I know, poor Willie Caballero. But uh, anyway, poor listen, Willie. that was the Whistleblowers. We're back next week. Cheers, guys. The Whistleblowers is back for the season by Ladbrokes. This is a Playback Media production. To listen to all our football podcasts, visit playbackmedia.co.uk. Sports Social Podcast Network.